Welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given in the local listening area. Today's show features Catholic evangelist Richard Lane and the first part of his presentation at the Catholic Men's Fellowship Conference in Cleveland, Ohio in February 2012. And now, Richard Lane. Good morning, my brothers. Uh, you guys are from Ohio. You're still dead. Good morning, my brothers. Good morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As God is good and all the time, if you believe it, then give God a hand clap of praise right now. Amen. Amen. Did you guys hear the one about the nurse who was on her way to, to work at the hospital? I mean, the, uh, the nun that was on her way to the hospital. She works at a hospital as a nurse. And so she's driving to the hospital. She gets halfway to the hospital, and then all of a sudden her car runs out of gas. So she goes to the nearest gas station about a block away. She asks the attendant, I need a, a container and, a, and about a gallon of gas to put in my car. She says, well, don't have any. Just sold the last container. She said, do you have anything that, that can hold about a quarter of a tank, a quart of gas? So she goes back to the car. She's a, she, the nun works at the hospital. She's got a bedpan <laughs> in the back of her car. So she goes and she takes this bedpan, and she tells the guy, I just need a quart of gas. So he fills the bedpan up with gas. So she goes back to the car. She opens up the gas tank, and at that same time, there's two guys walking down the street, and they see this nun pouring stuff out of this bedpan into the gas tank, and the one guy looks to the other guy and says, if that car starts, I'm converting to Catholic. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Can everybody in the back see me okay? Or do I need to get back up on the stage? Okay, good. I don't like having a leash. I like having a short leash because I'm a wanderer. Uh, first of all, got to let you know, I have received a dispensation for this weekend. Bob Derulo did not secure my dispensation from your bishop. So I went to my own bishop. Archbishop Robert Carlson, who talked to Cardinal Timothy Dolan to make sure that I have a dispensation, a Michigan boy in Ohio, <laughs> for three days. Amen. My brother. That's right. My brother. Amen. So, the bishop said that my immortal soul is safe for the next two days. Amen? Amen? I'm getting out of Ohio tomorrow morning, though. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Have you guys canonized Woody Hayes yet? Is he a saint yet? Say, oh, stop. Stop! Okay, no throw. I, I did a conference in Columbus um, the other, a couple of years ago, the Marcus Grodi's um, uh, conference there. And it was a wonderful time, 2,000 people from all over the country. But, you know, you guys from Ohio are like roaches. You can't kill them. 
can't kill them. All you, you Buckeyes, you just multiply. And so there was a few people from, from Ohio there, and they started throwing stuff at me. I'm like, what is this? And I look on the ground, there's these little Buckeyes. I'm like, okay, okay. Wait till you guys come up to the Superdome in Ann Arbor, in Michigan. Uh-huh, we're going to have a good time. So now that we've got all of that out of the way, can I stay for the next day, okay? Am I safe for the next day? Amen. 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 Brothers, what is evangelization? What is evangelization? This is going to be a little bit of a two-way conversation. So who can tell me, what is evangelization? What's this new evangelization thing? Proclaiming the gospel of Christ. Let's give him a hand clap. Amen. Amen. There's a CD for you. Who else? What is... What is evangelization? What else? And raising your hand before you speak. (laughs) Who said that? Amen. Proclaiming the gospel. Preaching the gospel always. And if necessary, use words. Let's give them a hand clap. Okay. Sorry, all I had was two CDs. Sorry. So, that's a great point. Preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. So, got what, 47 more minutes of this? Yes, it's one of those times when it's necessary, but it's necessary every single day. Amen? It's necessary that we use words, that we preach the gospel the way that we live our lives. Too often, we as Catholics have continued to rely on the wonderful priests, deacons, and nuns to save us for our salvation for our own salvation, for to be able, it's their responsibility. It's up to them. It's their job. It's not mine. I'm the frozen chosen. Yeah. Frozen chosen. I'm going to get to heaven by just going to Mass every Sunday, and that's it. That's it. And to that entire hour, all I'm going to do is just sit there. And most of us sit there for that entire hour, and half of us, or if you're like me, our wives, pick up. You're embarrassing me. Many of us give God one hour a week, one hour a week, and expect him to change our entire lives. Out of 168 hours in one week, we give our God, just, most of us just give God one hour. And say, it's up to you, Lord. You got to take care of me now. That's not what God desires. I hear many Catholics all over the, all over the country. I've got a, a knot on my head now. Glad it's not a Buckeye. I hear people all over the country saying, well, especially when men go to different conferences. I know there's a lot of brothers that have gone to the Promise Keepers conferences. And so when these guys go to Promise Keepers, what do they have with them? B-I-B-L-E. 
Basic instructions before leaving earth. God's GPS. Amen? How many of you brought your Bibles with you? Raise them high. The rest of you are going to hell. Amen. I stole that one from Father Larry Richards, so it's okay. This is our sword, brothers. We have to carry it everywhere. We have to carry it everywhere. But many of us are just going through the motions of daily lives. We're going through the motions, we're going to work, we're coming home, we're taking care of the wife, we're trying to raise the kids, we're trying to take care of the grandkids, and the whole nine yards. We're just going through the motions. But brothers, we are at war right now. Amen? Amen. We are in a battle for our lives, but many of us are just content with being the frozen chosen. We're just coming to church once a week or whenever we feel like it. I hear Catholics all over the place, supposed Catholics. Well, I know it's Lent, but, and I know we're supposed to fast, but I'm hungry. That's something the church gave up along. They didn't really mean it as they're cutting into a steak on Ash Wednesday or Friday. I want to do what I want to do. I don't like what Father said. Father doesn't know what he's talking about. I, 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 me, me, me. What would Woody Hayes do if you went out and scored a touchdown and you started pointing, I, 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 me? He'd throw you, bounce you right off the field so fast your head would spin. Amen? Amen. But many of us let our brother leave our brothers next to us for dead because we say, well, Mike's not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility to take care of Frank, you know. Ken is off on his own. I don't like Ken. I don't see too many people that look like Ken in the, in the church anyway. <laughs> Am I lying? No. Amen. Amen. I walk into Catholic churches all the time, all over the country. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And my wife and I were on vacation in Florida a couple weeks, uh, about a month ago. We're on vacation. We go to Mass. Beautiful church. We scouted out a new church. Beautiful church. Walked in there. From the time we, and we had to park in the back of the parking lot, walked all the way to the church. No one said anything. No one said a word. No one said, good morning, hi, how you doing, or boo. Walked in the church. Told us, you can sit right there. Okay. Sign a peace, you get the holy flip off is what I call it. <laughs> That's what it is. And then after the priest tells us, go in peace to serve the Lord and each other. Guess what? Walked out the door with everybody else. No one said hello. No one said boo. No one said anything. Now, I'm not the first one to pull out my race card. Because <laughs> you know we got it like that. Amen? Amen, Amen. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to pull it out. But, but, a lot of people are afraid or they're uncomfortable. 
Look around when you go to Mass tomorrow. You are going to Mass tomorrow, amen? amen. One hour <laughs> Father, Father, can we exercise this brother over here, please? Please. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You got that Ohio red on, Father. <laughs> it's this high school? Okay, we'll let it go then. We'll let it go. Amen. 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 Okay, that's a good... Where was I? Oh, I was talking about the race car. Look around when we go into when we go into our church tomorrow and see if there's anyone that looks like me. Out of 38 million African Americans in this nation, less than 1.5 million are Catholic. Less than 1.5 million African Americans understand and know the fullness of the means of salvation. We'll return to Living Bread Radio Presents after a short break. Local programming heard on Living Bread Radio is brought to you through the generosity of our listeners. To help support the mission of the Living Bread Radio Network and all of our local programming, call us at 888-966-2903 and make a pledge today. No gift is too small and your pledge may be tax deductible. That's 888-966-2903 or use our safe and secure website at livingbreadradio.com. And now the conclusion of today's production of Living Bread Radio presents. We've got to do a better job, brothers. It's called evangelization. It's called reaching out to someone that doesn't look like us. We have to get out of our comfort zone. I was talking to somebody and I said, don't you know any black people? He says, yeah. He says, I've got a couple of black friends I work with. I said, wait a minute. If the only black people you know that you are the ones that you work with, those aren't friends. Okay, friends are the ones you will invite over for the football game, for whatever. Friends are ones that you just go up to and say, hey, Ken, how you doing? Good to meet you. Never saw you, but I just wanted to come and say hello. That's what evangelization is all about. Unfortunately, I am the only African-American Catholic lay evangelist in the United States of America in full-time ministry, unfortunately. I tell you this for a reason, brothers, because God wants us to get out of our comfort zone and stop looking at each other and look at those that are the least lost and most abandoned and look outside of our own comfort zones. Amen? Amen. Now, I know somebody's sitting there saying, well, I don't see color. Guess what? You're blind. Because guess what? God made me a different shade than you. And he made us all different shades, but he made us all beautiful because we are all created in his image and likeness. Can I get an amen, Deacon? Amen. amen. 
but we are in a battle. A battle not just for our lives, but a battle for our immortal souls. Because St. Paul tells us in Ephesians, our battle is not with each other. Look at your brother next to you and say, I don't have a problem with you. Hello. Do I need to say it in Michigan words? Look at somebody else next to you and say, my problem is not with you. St. Paul tells us that our problem, our battles, are with the world rulers of this age, are with principalities. Doesn't it seem like St. Paul just wrote this last week for CNN? We are under attack. Christians all over the world are under attack. Catholics all over this country are under attack. And too often than not, we sit there and just let it happen. And we wonder why our families are in such disarray. We wonder why this world is going crazy. Now, I want to talk about this just very briefly. We all know about this HHC that's been talked about over the last several months or whatever. Okay? And it's not about abortion. It's not about abortion. That's the small issue. What's the major issue? The major issue is the government being able to come in and tell you what you must believe in or what you must do, even if it's against your own belief. the overlying issue. I heard it the other day put so well, and here it is. If you can't understand it, I'm going to explain it to you like you're a 10-year-old. Here it is. It's as if the government was to come and tell every Jewish person in this land that you have to eat pork. You have to eat pork. If you don't eat pork, we're going to throw you in jail. Isn't that against their belief? Again, that's the overlying issue. And brothers, we have to stand up for our beliefs and our values. We have to continue to stand up and stand in line with our Catholic priests, with our deacons, and with our bishops. Can I get an amen? Amen. But brothers, we can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. I can't do what I do by myself. Let me tell you a little bit about how I got started. Born and raised, did I tell you I was from Michigan? (laughs) My mother was very famous in her own right. If you ever go to Atlanta, Georgia, you can see my mother's beautiful face. She was the very first black model that Coca-Cola ever hired in 1956. So if you ever go down there, you'll see this big, beautiful billboard of this beautiful woman. Unfortunately, I got my father's looks. My father was arguably the greatest NFL cornerback of all time, set an NFL record in his rookie year in 1952 with most interceptions in one season. That was in a 12-season game. No one has come close to breaking that record. It still holds to this day. A year later, he was traded to, at the time, they were called the Chicago Cardinals. 
Played for them from about 53 to 1959, 1960. He was traded to the Detroit Lions and retired from the Lions in 1966. In 1974, my father went into the NFL Hall of Fame with, perhaps in my humble opinion, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football. Number 14 slash 60 for the Cleveland Browns. Otto Graham, amen. Only man to win like nine world championships in, in 11 years. Give it up for Otto Graham. Give it up for your Cleveland Browns. Anybody from the dog, dog pound here? Amen. Amen. Dad went to the NFL Hall of Fame in 1974. His name was Dick Knight Train Lane. Had a guy come up to me a couple weeks ago and say, dude, I remember your dad. He was so awesome, blah, 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 blah. How's he doing these days? I said, oh, he's great. Really? Where is he? I said, he's in heaven. And the guy felt so bad. I said, don't feel bad. I said, he's in a much better place than we are. Amen. 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 Dad, went, dad passed away in 2002. We just, uh, I just celebrated uh, his 10th anniversary of his uh, of his home going, because I'm quick to canonize people that I love, except if they're from Ohio. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I was born and raised a Lutheran boy. My mom used to drag me to church kicking and screaming every Sunday. Born and raised a Lutheran boy. It was very similar to Catholic, in and out in an hour. Holy, I mean, I call it the, the, holy, the holy calisthenics. Up, down, sit, kneel, pray. Up, down, sit, kneel, pray. Aerobics. Ho yes, holy aerobics. Up, down, sit, kneel, pray. In and out in an hour, I used to fall asleep the whole nine yards. And then Pastor Daniels, all the youth would be sitting over there, and we'd be cutting up over there, and he'd roll his eyes, and we'd kind of straighten up real quick. So when I was grown at about the age of 14, um, that was a joke, guys. Grown, age 14. I know you were grown at 14. Amen. So I told my mother, I said, I'm sick and tired of going to this boring Lutheran church. She looked at me and said, boy, you're going to go to somebody's church. Now, mind you, I was not scared of my father. My father made a head tackle illegal. After my father retired from pro football, he was six foot four and ballooned up to 360 pounds. He was a mammoth of a man. He made a head tackle illegal. The necktie is illegal because of my father. I wasn't afraid of him. I was terrified of my mother. <laughs> Absolutely terrified. I knew she would rip me one side and down the other. So I called a buddy of mine and said, Maurice, I got to go to church with you. He said, sure, come on, let's go. We go to a church that's called Greater Grace Tabernacle, Greater Grace Temple. It was a Pentecostal church. Now, mind you, here's this good, innocent Lutheran boy going into a Pentecostal church. That was like reverse culture shock. I'm like, wait a minute. People actually look like they're excited to come here. This isn't church. People look like they're happy to be here. The church that I go to, people are like... <laughs> 2,000 people. They had a wonderful choir. Everybody's praising the Lord. It was a wonderful worship service. Fast forward to 19... 84, I get in the United States Army. Are there any veterans here? Veterans, please stand up. If you're a veteran, please stand up. Let's give them a hand. 
Let's give these guys a hand. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for sacrificing your lives. Shall I get in the United States Army? Any Army dogs here? Hua! Amen. So they had Protestant services and Catholic. Went to the Protestant services, didn't particularly care for it. Went to the cat, my first Catholic mass. I was like, oh, this is what I'm used to. Boring. In and out in an hour. I'm good. So when my mother calls me and tells me, are you in somebody's church? I'm not lying. So I'm good. That about two years later, I had to re-enlist. So Uncle Sam asked me, um, has anything changed on your dog tags? Nope, name's still the same. Social security number's still the same. Date of birth is still the same. Oh, I'm not Lutheran anymore. I'm Catholic. So Uncle Sam said, really? I said, really? So Uncle Sam said, he's Catholic. That's what I had on my dog tags. If the government said I'm Catholic, I'm Catholic, right? Absolutely. It must be the gospel. According to Saint whatever the government is. So that started a 19-year journey of being a pretend Catholic. So I get to this wonderful Catholic church in Oakland, California, 1989. Beautiful Catholic church. It was called Our Lady of Lords, a Roman Catholic church, pastored by a wonderful Irish Catholic priest by the name of Father Seamus Genovese. Loved him. Wonderful priest. A beautiful church. Black, white, Filipino, Hispanic, just a big old Catholic melting pot of gumbo. It was just wonderful. They loved on me. They hugged on me. They welcomed me. They said, do you want to be an usher? I said, sure. They said, do you want to sing in the choir? I said, sure. They said, do you want to be a lector? I said, sure. So I'm singing in the choir. I'm an usher and a greeter. I'm a lector proclaiming the word of God. I'm going to, I'm going to play golf with my priest every week. I'm going to confession every week like all good Catholics do. Can I get an amen? You're lying. You need to go to confession now. I'm doing everything Catholic. No one ever asked me if I was Catholic, though. They never asked. Due to time constraints, today's talk will continue next week at the same time. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For a copy of this program on Compact Disc, call 330-966-2903 or send an email to orders at livingbreadradio.com and reference the program broadcast date. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.